Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to The Real Dr. Little Show with Val Hart. I'm your co-host, Scott Patton. Hey, Val, how are you doing today? Hey, Scott, I'm great. Awesome. Thanks. Awesome. So uh, I'm really excited because your latest albums are now in the iTunes store. Yay! Yeah, That's way wonderful. to go. Yay, thank you so much. I'm so delighted to be offering that to more people. And I mean, it's such important information that, that all animal lovers need to know. And what we've got up is the Introduction to Animal Communication uh, Homestead Course. It's a fabulous um, uh, class on um, how to connect with animals and going to learn three simple steps on how to, it, that anybody can use to do that. And then I also have my Discover Five Secrets about Animal Communication, and that's a wonderful class, also. So I'm so delighted. Thanks for telling. Thanks for, thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. yeah. We'll make sure on our uh, public podcast page, at, and also on the on your blog that you've got links to to both of those. So you, bet. you, you, you just bet. head over to animaltalk.mypodcastworld.com and mm-hmm. and uh, click on it and see, or do a search on Val Hard in iTunes. Right. <laughs> and they'll uh, and they'll both come up because yes. uh, that's how I found them. Oh, great, good, thank you, thanks so much. Yeah, and by the way, if anybody's listening wants to check those out, um, they do come with a special offer. Uh, so each of them has their own special offer that you'll want to check out. It'll be good. You'll love it. You'll love it. So, thanks. Cool. <clears throat> so <clears throat> you were telling me before we came on the air about uh, a young lady who totally changed the uh, livestock industry. Yeah, yeah. Temple Grandin, uh, what an awesome woman. She's autistic. You know, she has her own um, HBO uh, special that's been running, you know, this last month or two. Um, and she's got a number of books out, and she's just a remarkable. I'm, it, I, I love what she does and the way that she approaches animals. In fact, I actually teach one of the techniques that she uses to such great effect. Um, to teach you how to become an animal, how to feel from their viewpoint, how to f- how to know what it's like to be them, to f- to pick up their thoughts, their emotions, their you know instincts, uh, to see the world through their eyes, and that's really what Temple seems to be able to do so brilliantly well. And uh, you know she's she looked at the cattle industry and how that we you know our 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 livestock industry is not known for humane treatment. Um, it has not been known anyway. Right. That is changing, thank God. But, um, you know, they, it's just uh, it's a tragedy, you know, how they treat the animals. And, you know, Temple comes up and she says, you know, we owe these animals a lot, you know, gratitude and humane treatment because these are the animals that feed us, you know. And so she started uh, looking at the world through the cow's viewpoint and uh, finding out how to help them feel safe and comfortable and, you know, uh, not alarmed and not in terror. And, you know, it, it, the old methods were so insane. They would, you know, um, basically manhandle and brutalize these poor animals in so many ways to get them in through the process and, you know, into the until they became butchered. Um, and you know, turned into to food, uh, meat for us to eat. Right. So, <clears throat> you know, anyway, so um, in, in that process and all their, you know, uh, um, hurting them through, you know, hurting them through the process, um, a lot of them, the, the cows would die. You right. know, they would 
panic. Uh, they would get trapped in the chute, run over each other. You know, they would drown in the, um, you know, the cleansing liquid. I've forgotten what it's called, but, you know, they would drown in the, uh, in, that, in that solution. Um, and uh, so there was a lot of attrition, you know, of, of animals dying. And then, of course, by the time they were finally killed uh, and then butchered, um, they were in a total panic, you know, distress state. Uh, which high is, adrenaline, which is high great adrenaline. Feet. That's right. That's right. Uh, not so good for anybody. So, you know, she came at the whole uh, thing looking at it differently, and it's like. We offer gratitude, you know, for our food. I mean, the whole concept of praying over, you know, your food and giving thanks before you eat it. Um, you know, the Indians, when they hunted and, and other, you know, smart hunters, they would also be connected with nature and ask, you know, ask, you know, for, um, you know, for an animal to feed their tribe, you know, or their family. or And then they would hunt with dignity. You know, they would... Um, Respect, you know, the animal sacrifice that would then feed their family. Um, it's funny you say that because mm -hmm. I went as we were as we were re kind of researching what we'd be talking about today. I went to one of her websites and she's got a page on recommended basic li livestock handling safety tips for workers. And yeah. the first tip, she says, a single lone agitated steer is very dangerous. Many <laughs> serious cattle handling injuries are caused by a single agitated steer or cow. One yeah. man received 27 stitches after he got in the crowd pen with a lone animal. Mm -hmm. Okay, <clears throat> and then the next three words made me think like this guy deserved every one of those stitches. Uh huh. Yeah. And teased it. Like, oh, geez. You know, talk about like having a bad attitude towards it's, the animal. That's right? just insane. Like, you're just you get in with a massive animal and you tease it and, and you're surprised yeah. when it like does something, right? Right. It's like when it wants to, you know, stomp your face into the dirt. I mean, it has every right uh, to do such a thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's just crazy, you know? And it just <clears throat> anyway. goes on and on with different things like the importance of reducing noise when handling livestock and, and right. uh, it's and it's interesting because I think that on that particular note we live in a very noisy environment. Like it's always yes. surprising to me. You know, we've got fans going, we've got ambulance sirens going, and even crossing this my pet peeve here is you know crossing the street. We've got cross the street coming out of the speaker where the little light hand is or or the mm -hmm. walking guy, and I'm thinking or little beep beeps beep beeps right. Right. And I could understand if it was in an area that had, you know, a lot of blind people or even one blind person. But, mm -hmm. you know, and I think that would probably be a good thing. But I get the impression it's, you know, wherever the guy that sells that type of of uh, traffic signal to the city mm -hmm. can, yeah. can, you know, can, <laughs> you know, the, the better salesman he is, the more they are all around. And it just adds <laughs> to this beep, 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 beep going on, right? Right, right, right. So, uh, you, you know, know and it, it's amazing. The, the chronic noise, you know, it creates chronic stress. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I remember hearing, um can't remember who it was, but they had done some studies about the actual sound that we're exposed to. You know, sound is a frequency, right? Yeah. Um, and everything around us, uh, all of our instruments, our, 
you know, um, air conditioning, the fan, the light, the computers, the, you know, cell phones, the radio waves, the refrigerator, you know, the uh, everything, microwave, everything, you know, everything has its own uh, frequency uh, that it puts out and it emits and, and it's there and we're hearing it all the time even if we're not consciously aware of it. And a lot of the frequencies that we're being bombarded with constantly, you know, there's a lot of controversy about that, about whether they cause cancer, you know, uh, make us uh, sick or something, uh, which I think they do uh, in a lot of respects anyway. And our animals, you know, are hearing that because their range of frequency is so much greater than ours that they can uh, hear, you know, and are in touch with. But anyway, what they found is that most of the frequencies we're being bombarded with are actually on a like a minor key, uh, which is a discordant, disharmonizing, degenerative energy frequency, you know, which is, I thought, fascinating. So, yeah. you know, if we, if we take the energy uh, or change or shift the frequency, I know you, you know, you know the idea of uh, uh, fingernails on chalkboard, uh, you know, how things just kind of grate on your nerves. Yes. Uh, well, our animals are so much more sensitive to that than we are, but we're still, it, it contributes to our overwhelming chronic stress and disability and disconnection. So <clears throat> I love that Temple brought that out so clearly yeah. Yeah. in her work. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite amazing. And for those people that don't know uh, Dr. Grant, she didn't talk until she was three and a half years old. And her basic yeah. form of communicating, uh, and mostly communicating frustration, was by screaming, peeping, and humming. Mm-hmm. And in 1950, she was diagnosed with autism, and her parents were told she would be uh, institutionalized. And, uh, yeah. you know, she really felt that uh, she was groping her way from the far side of darkness. And she came up with a book, Emergence, labeled autistic, uh, which stunned the world because until its publication, most professionals and parents assumed that an autism diagnosis was virtually a death sentence for yeah. any sort of achievement or productivity in life. And she's become a prominent author and speaker on the subject of autism. And mm-hmm. uh, she says she's read enough to know that there's still many parents and, yes, professionals, too, who believe that once autistic, always autistic. And yeah. it's meant, you know, sad, sorry lives for many children. And uh, it's incomprehensible that the characteristics of autism can be modified and controlled. However, she feels strongly that she's living proof that they can be. Yeah. And, uh, and, I mean, it was, a you know, quite a journey that she went through in her in her school years. And, mm-hmm. But she was lucky, and I think this is a really important point, is that she found a mentor. And that's one thing that you uh, talk a lot about, Val, in terms of you know, having good relationships with your pets and, and your mm-hmm. animals. Is, you know, it's really important to have a mentor who, who knows you know, kind of where you've been, what you've been doing, recognizes yeah. what's kind of going on, and is able to guide you. And right. Guidance, support, uh, coaching. You know, it, it, it's, it's amazing to me how sometimes one simple new concept or a way to reframe or reformat an experience makes a huge difference. It's like an entirely new world, you know, yeah. will open up uh, just by that one one thing, and that's what mentors do. Yeah. yeah. And so what happened with this mentor and uh, Dr. Gradden is she developed her talents, and she started a, a very successful career as a livestock handling equipment designer, and there are very mm-hmm. few of those in the world. And she yeah. has now designed the facilities in which half the cattle are handled in the United States. And she's consulted with firms such as Burger King, McDonald's, Swift, 
which is a meatpacking and, and a lot of others. And that blew mm-hmm. me away when, when yeah. I think here's this autistic person who has designed, uh, you know, basically livestock plants or, hemp, you know, uh, mm-hmm. facilities. And yeah. Yep. And not just design them, but her facilities are where you know 50% of the cattle are handled now, and and right. hopefully she can get that to 100% because my impression of you know these places are that they're not really very pleasant, right? Yeah, well, they're not pleasant, and they're not even smart, you know, because if, if you think about it, if if you're um, Losing livestock, just getting them out of the truck and onto the, you know, into the lot and into the butchering facility, you're losing them, they're breaking legs, they're, you know, goring each other, they're trampling each other, they're drowning, you know, stuff like that. I mean, what, that's not smart, that's not efficient, it's not humane to anybody, including the people that are running the show. So, um, I'm so hoping, hoping that the others wake up and pay attention also. Yeah, that's you know, right. Because Temple's methods not only are humane and offering respect and dignity to the animals, which she's absolutely right, we owe them. You know, we owe them our respect and our compassion and our, and dignity, you know, death with dignity. Um, and, um, anyway, so it just opens that whole thing up. Um, and it makes it safe, safe for the handlers, safe for the cattle. Um, you know, they uh, go through the process that she's designed for them in such a way that's not alarming, um, that, you know, um, is completely natural, you know, or not completely, but, you know, it mimics a, a very natural environment. Um, so there you go. Yeah, that's a, yeah, it's yeah. absolutely amazing. And it's yeah. a great story because she's changed the world. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it it's interesting. I was thinking about the idea of autistic, you know, uh people but also autistic animals. You know, by the way, you may know this Scott, but autism is on a significant exponential rise in this country. Yes. A lot of, you know, so many children now are autistic. And I think it goes back to a lot of these topics like the chronic noise, you know, the chronic stress, um and animals are also autistic. They also have problems. Uh, they feel too much. Uh, to me, it comes to, down to feeling too much, um, and then brains being and nervous systems being wired, either not completely connected or wired differently, you know, than the rest of us. Mm. They they simply. Um, it's like I remember a little dog I worked with. Um, the woman brought me in, and um, this dog, it never seemed to learn. It's like a little Jack Russell or something, um, and it never seemed to learn. It's like it would literally run into the wall uh, over and over and over. It's like the lights are on, but nobody is home. Wow. You know, this dog is not, I don't know. It's like we've tried everything. It just doesn't doesn't seem to get anything. And uh, so I worked with the dog and, and actually did some brain work. You know, the type of healing work that I do is very wonderful and somewhat unique in that I can actually rewire brain, you know, a nervous system and, um, you know, turn areas of the brain on that have been, like, disconnected or turned off and recover from stroke and uh, other types of brain injuries. And what happened was is that I worked with the dog, talked to him, helped him, really get back in his body and be actually present and aware consciously wow. and re- and reconnect 
uh, with this world, and it didn't take a lot of time or effort on our part, and it opened up a whole new world for him. And they said that after that one session that all of a sudden he's like doing things differently, not running into the walls anymore. He knows where this is. He knows how to get what he wants. He knows, And he's responding to training now, which is really awesome. That so is great. It's, it's really cool. Well, you remind uh, me of, of my friend's dog, Milo, mm-hmm. who um, when I first uh, met them, she would carry him up the stairs to the bedroom. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and I'm thinking, you know, what, it, you know, <laughs> he can't go up himself. Whatever. Oh, he's old. He's this and that and everything else, right? Mm-hmm. And, of mm-hmm. course, um, <laughs> when she went away and she asked me if I'd look after Milo for a week. And, of course, I have stairs. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I'm not carrying this dog up and down these stairs. <laughs> Yeah, and in, in it was funny because he'll you know he kind of looks at the stairs and then he kind of looks around and he looks at the stairs and then <laughs> down he goes the stairs right uh-huh, and uh-huh. he wants to get back in up he comes the stairs right <laughs> and you know yeah. the odd time you have a little problem near the end where he <laughs> he gets like to the th- I saw him actually the other day he got to the third from the bottom and thought, okay I'm gonna jump down and he <laughs> he jumps off the third step. Oh. And, basically lands on his head. Oh. <laughs> it's not graceful at all, right? But he pops oh. right up and uh-huh. his his tail is high in the air and he struts around. <laughs> I got down the stairs, right? So oh, after I... you know, after a week with me, we get you know, get back to her place and and I, I don't know if I said something or, or what and it was just or she went up the stairs, expected me to carry him up or whatever and I didn't. And then he just up the stairs he went, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, wanted yeah. to come down. Down the stairs he went, and, <laughs> and uh, she—I mean, she'll still do it the odd time, but uh-huh. most of the time he's going up and down the stairs at her place just as much as he's going up and down the stairs at my place, right? Right, right, but, right. But I was right. thinking about you know how we train our animals, and just like yeah. you were talking, right? We sometimes we train the bad, we reward the bad behavior, not that that's a yes. bad behavior, but he was at the point where he would just sit there and wait forever to, well, to yeah. carry him up, right? And it's like, yeah, yeah, he was taught not to do that, and but to you know, the, and he got lots of reward for doing that. So, yeah. so of course, why not? Yeah. yeah, why not do that? Yeah. And of course, she's like trying to go up and down these stairs, and and uh, she had a bad knee, and then she had this dog. Uh, yeah, it was <laughs> just like, ah, don't do that. He's quite capable, <laughs> right? You. What's wrong but, with you? Yeah. But he's old, and I sometimes think that his uh, that he's senile, but he can't uh-huh. see, right? Like I have a sliding door that I put yeah. him out onto the, my balcony, and then he goes down the stairs, and right. and he'll go d- down, he'll come back up, and he's waiting to get in, and so I go to open the door, and he tries to go in the side of the that didn't open, right? Oh, like it's oh. two parts, right? Yeah, so he sees yeah. the door kind of slide a bit. And he goes, and of course he hits his nose against the glass and realizes he's in the wrong place. And then he comes around and comes in, and I'm just sort of watching this, thinking like, you know, you've been here like for years now, and mm-hmm. you still don't know where the door is. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, <laughs> I think we need to talk, Milo, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I think like we Milo. do. Yeah, right. Milo, what's going on with this? Yeah, are um, you asleep or what? But he doesn't do it very often, just the odd time, right? Okay. And uh, uh, I, I'm going to check into him right quick, Scott. I think this would be cool. So hold on one second. He's yeah, he's not with me right now, so. Yeah, that's okay. Remember that you know telepathy is over distance, and it doesn't really matter where they are. So I can find him wherever he is. So if you would have a nice soft breath. 
And have an image of Milo very clearly in your mind. Yeah, feel your connection with him. I know you actually enjoy the boy, so he is he's a pretty sweet dog. He is. I took yeah, him over to a friend of mine's the other day, and my friend uh-huh. just fell in love with him. He just said, oh. oh, what a nice little puppy. He's 15 what a years great old. dog. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. But he looks like he's small. He's, a, right? he's 150 in people years, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. We yeah, can give him yeah. a little bit of slack. So I'm but just yeah. going to... Yeah, just connecting in with him right now. I'm introducing myself, telling him that I'm with you, and we're chatting and talking about him, and we are really appreciating and loving him very much. Um, you know, so everybody can do this with us, actually. Scott, go ahead and describe Milo uh, so well, people can have an image of him. Uh, well, he's uh, got a lot of hair. He's a little... We don't really know what type of dog he is. He's a small dog. He fits very easily if I put my arm under him and hold, I can hold him and... Uh, okay. He he loves to be uh, scratched and and petted and rubbed and he'll come up to me and he'll put his his front paws to get about halfway up my thigh and uh-huh. I'll scratch under the chin and he'll almost like twist his his head you know 180 <laughs> degrees around yeah to, to, to help you get the right spot right that's right that's yeah. right yeah. never yeah. Well, mm-hmm. barks never barks he's got a nice little furry tail that pops up at the back furry tail what color is he He's uh, a number of colors. There's a little bit of black, but mostly tan, uh, okay. sometimes lighter, sometimes darker. He's, uh-huh. he's very hairy. He loves it when Omita will pull the the uh, sleep away from his eyes. Okay. I don't do that. Okay. I don't even ever notice it. She notices it, and she'll just pull it away, and you can just what? see he's like, oh, that's so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Floppy ears. Okay, okay. Um color of eyes is he brown eyed uh, I would say black 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 eyes okay so if you have that image in your mind so we're just connecting back in with him and I'm just going to ask him I'm going to tell him that you know you were telling me about him having trouble with the door and running into that glass door um, I'm going to ask him and see why he did that you know what what is it about that yeah it was only okay. once or twice okay just re- just yeah anything. Yeah, it is funny, isn't it? He says he can't see the glass. He can't tell that it's glass. Okay, so it's like when he looks through there, it, it's like he can see through to the other side a bit. And he, it's, and I'm also picking up a problem with his vision. Yeah. So, yeah, so he's actually going, he's, he's, uh, he has cataracts. Is that what he has? It's, uh, there's Probably, a, yeah. Yeah, it's a hazy kind of thing. Yeah. He can see things, but it's kind of hazy. Um, he can see light and dark. He can see shapes, but he can't see clearly the edges of things. Um, he can see closer to him, but not real close. So his his focal point is about two feet in front of his nose. So if it's closer to that, it blurs. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So that's really the answer there. Part of it is a visual problem. And the other thing is that he, he can't quite tell that it's glass. Um, and he's just kind of going on about his business and go, moving forward. And then he hits it. He says he always feels so stupid <laughs> when he hits it. Um, and then he remembers that he has to come over closer to you to go in. I'm also picking up there's a body locomotion problem there, so he has a little trouble 
um, balancing himself and, and mm. moving forward. It's like he gets moving forward and he can, you know, keep up the momentum. Um, but uh, start, stopping and starting is a little more difficult, uh, har- uh, harder for him, uh, okay. a little more problematic. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, that's All right. good. Okay. Well, I did, that was kind of fun. I'm just going to thank him for sharing that with us. Maybe we can figure out how to make it better for him, a little more easy. Might just want to dirty up that window. Yeah. <laughs> or cover it, you know, cover it kind of down in his viewpoint so that he can't see through it. And that would be very simple for him to to know immediately. I mean, you've seen the commercials where the you know, they clean the glass. You know, my own father, in fact, I've done this myself. We had glass sliding doors, and I can't count the times that we tried to walk through it, you know. Yeah, yeah, Um, same here. Yeah, even to the point of breaking the door, you know, of shattering the glass. So um, so we're laughing at poor little Milo, but (laughs) we do it too, you know. Oh, that's funny. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, um, I've got one more fun story for you about cows, uh, and then it will finish up here. And it's, um, I was uh, um, associated with. In fact, I was I was leasing a horse uh, years ago. His name was Taylor, and his owner Bonnie lived. uh, She was actually the foreman of a of a small ranch um, here outside in the hill country uh, outside of San Antonio, and. they had longhorn cattle, longhorn steers, and you know the longhorns. Uh, these were older, you know, more mature um, uh, steers, and they had, you know, their their horn span was at least six feet. I mean, they, these wow. these, were, these were major major longhorns. They didn't have short racks, you know, short horns at all. They were like seriously, and then needle sharp, you know, on the ends, and they were basically pretty wild. Uh, they weren't very you couldn't really handle them. Um, they'd never been really handled or worked with. They just hung out in this large pasture. And um, one day, uh, in fact, they were really pretty dangerous, you know. So one day, uh, Bonnie, and she's, you know, it's a 90-pound <laughs> thin, thin girl, um, is uh, walking around and stuff, and she notices one of the cattle is limping. And um, when she went over to, to, you know, to try to see what was wrong, um, the somehow he had gotten barbed wire wrapped around his hind leg. Oh no! Yes, and it was digging into the leg, and of course, you know, the barbed wire was gouging, and you know, was very, uh, was ripping and tearing, you know, and and. Uh, if it continued, of course, it would kill him because, you know, of infection and, you know, gangrene and whatnot, right? It, it, so intervention needed to, to – he needed in, intervention. Right. Um, and so the question was, well, longhorns are known to be very skittish, and these, this pair were very skittish, and so anybody trying to approach them, catch them, you know, something was going to be a major, major deal. And um, so she decided to do what I had taught her, um, which was to communicate with the longhorn. And so she went out there at, to a safe distance, and she ta- told this cow what she needed to do to help him, which was basically get the wire cutters, her heavy gloves, um, to kneel down around his hind leg and in the groin you know, area and carefully unwrap that um, wire and cut it off of him 
right? Yeah. Um, and that in order to do so, she would be, uh, you know, certainly in a vulnerable position. I mean, he could gore her, he could trample her, he could kick kick her, you know, into the kingdom come. Um, but she couldn't help him if she did that, you know, right? If he did that, she couldn't help him. And so... Anyway, so um, she told him, you know, the story, and she imaged it in her mind the way that I teach in my programs. Um, and so she showed him to stand stock still to give her an, a signal that would tell her that he agreed with her plan and would cooperate. And the signal, I think, was is that he would duck his head and look at her and then present his body you know, and stand stock still, not moving a muscle. Wow. And he did that. And so he did exactly that. And she said, okay, you know, and she's the only one there. It was, it was you know, it's like very scary. Uh, you know, was, no one was there to even see what was going on. But it was like an emergency, you know, So, and no one else was available. So she went up and she got the wire cutters, got her gloves, and went back out there. And he's standing like a statue, you know. So she walks over to him and she kneels beside him. And she carefully grabs the wire and digs it out of his flesh. You know it had to... And she's cutting bits of it, you know, and she's carefully wrapping it, unwrapping it, you know, taking it off, pulling it away, and all of this stuff. And when she got get, had it completely unwrapped and undone, she stood up and she thanked him and she backed out of his way. And he touched her with his nose and, 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 and as a gesture of thank you, you know, yeah, appreciation. Yeah. Um, and then he carefully uh, walked away from her and then trotted off to go be back with his buddy. Um, and it was a remarkable story. It's all true, uh, absolutely true, the way she told it. Um, I wasn't there either to, to see it. But, um, you know, when you respect the animals and you you tell them what is going to happen and you engage their participation and even their agreement, you know, to per- to cooperate and to assist you, you know, what needs to be done, then everything changes. You know, the whole the whole dynamic of the relationship will shift and it's 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 almost miraculous and um it's an amazing experience and I hope every animal ever gets to experience it. So Yeah, wonderful story. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. So anybody can do it, you know. Once you learn the basics of how it works, um, you know what you need to do, how to set it up properly, um, and and uh, maybe get some coaching or mentoring on it. Um, I hope everybody listening today does that because it makes such a huge difference in your life, Um, and then the lives of the animals. You know, they need us to listen to them, to hear their voice, to respect them, to see the world through their viewpoint, Um, and um, it just makes all the difference in the world. So, cool. Yeah. So if you want to know more about Val and the stuff, the wonderful work that she's doing, head over to www.valhart.com. And if you want to listen to some of her courses, you can get them on iTunes now. Just mm-hmm. do a search on Val Hart in iTunes and they'll come up. You'll see Discover the Five Secrets About Animal Communications yes. and uh, Introducing Animal Communications albums. And yes. we're very, very excited about that. And yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, thanks. 
<laughs> okay. Well, um, share that with uh, Milo's um, person. Uh, I'd love to hear the feedback. If she has any feedback, that would be cool. I'm going to do so. that for sure. All right. All right. Well, thank God. I've enjoyed it very much. I hope everybody enjoyed listening uh, to our chat today and that we inspired you in some way. So. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye.